Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hey, property magicians, how are you? Welcome to episode 119. Like, now that like I Whenever I say like 100 and something of this podcast, I cannot believe, right, Mizo, that Me too. Me this too. is us, <laughs> like 119 episodes consistently. consistently. We've been delivering and doing this podcast every Tuesday. So yeah. if you've just joined us, we are the Property Magicians. My name is Vangile Makwakwa. I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. I'm the founder of Wealthy Money and the co-founder of the Property Magician Stockfell. With me is my incredible co-host. Oh, yeah. Hi, Van. Hi. Um, this is a, We are recording on a Sunday evening. Very excited to be recording together. We haven't done this in, in a bit, right? Have yeah. You, <laughs> it's been see? weird, eh? It I can't believe been. it. Yeah. So, 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 so welcome back to, to our couch at the Property Magicians podcast. I am Dr. Miranda. I am Prop Doc Mom. I am a medical manager by day and a property mentor. I am so excited when I keep doing, I keep getting these mentees that are medical doctors too. And that oh, excites me. That, that excites me. Young doctors who just want to be mentored, they can't believe someone has found a mechanism mm. of finding passive income. So yes. I take you from curious to fearful of investing in property to actually starting a property portfolio or getting to end passive income while you do whatever you're doing in property. So very excited. Um, yeah. And two of them have actually joined our property um, uh, property uh, magician stock fell. Very, very excited. So yeah. Um, yeah. Today, guys, today, today is the beginning of our wealth creation journey. We thought we were launching the stock fell in August 2021 with a vision of 250 million worth of property mm. assets for our collective stock fell. But the the development of this concept has come in ways that we hadn't thought yeah. and it has come so quickly even before we yeah. are eight old and this this i feel like this episode actually sealed how we want to navigate our stock fell mm. we bring you isaac masilela of mziwetu holdings a company yes. that our stock fell has invested uh, 1.3 million with lots more to go there and they have got, they are, they are a development holdings company. They develop for the gap market. In South mm. Africa, we call it the gap market. You are neither low, low end housing, but you are not also the higher end of, of the scale in terms of housing. So mm. this market is called the gap market. You mm. are in for a learning. So hold on mm. to your seat, get your drink and sit yourself down. <laughs> yeah oh my gosh this is 
This is an incredible episode, you guys. But before we jump into the episode, Misa has already told you about the Property Magicians stock files. So as you listen to Isaac, you'll also, you're also about to hear about how we are going to be raising funds using the stock file to help them make a billion rand a month in turnover within the next year year or hopefully within the next year, right? And you can imagine the kind of returns that we'll also be making as they make that kind of money, right? So if you want to join the stock file, definitely come on board, check out the um, Stockfella app. Stockfella is spelled spelled S-T-O-K-F-E-L-L-A. Check it out on iStore, Play Store, or Petal Search if you're with Huawei. And if you are based in South Africa, Lesotho, Namibia, and Swaziland, you can definitely download the Stockfella app and search for Property Magician Stockfile. If you're not based in any of these countries, no worries. 50% of our members are not based there either. It's all good. <laughs> They're based in different countries. You can join by, you can find out how you can be part of the Stockfile and join the Stockfile by going to wealthy-money.com forward slash Stockfile. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash Stockfile. In this case, Stockfile is spelled S-T-O-K. V-E-L. And now without further ado, let's move on to Isaac. Welcome to the Property Podcast, Isaac. We're so glad glad to have you. Thank you very much uh, for welcoming me on the podcast. (laughs) And uh, good evening to yourself and your listeners. Thank you. (laughs) Good day in good day in Mexico. Good evening oh, in yeah. South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Isaac, thank you for saying yes so easily to our podcast. Um, we 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 we. I don't know how we even forgot to 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 get you on as a guest. So this is this is very exciting times. Um, I'm hoping everyone that's listening to this podcast is going to learn much more about what we do with you on the side. Ven, mm. do you want to go? Yes. So Isaac, please tell us who you are. What do you do? Tell us about yourself as a human being, and then yep. tell us what you do to make money. You <laughs> know. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I'm coming from a very humble beginning, mm-hmm. uh, whereby I was born in a farm. Aibol. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, not a village, a farm. So basically, my parents or my father was rendering the services in exchange for a place to stay. I see. Wow. Where? Around Chelsea, yes, which is closer to... Embalenge or Secunda, it's, 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 it's about seven kilometers from, from Secunda. Okay. So it's in Pumalanga? Yes, in Pumalanga. Okay. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So mm. maybe then through that process, you know, being provided by the place to stay, you had to build that particular place. And because they were not ending and uh, they were building those places or those houses with the mat. I see. Mm. And uh, it was very challenging, especially when it's raining. Uh, if it's heavily raining, you'll find that some mud houses, they collapse. They collapse, wow. yes. 
But because the place that I was born in, I mean, there's no person that I know other than that. I, I never had a problem. I mean, that was our condition. We learned to live under those circumstances. I know. I think there are things that I appreciate about that situation when I look back at this point in time. Mm-hmm. First, uh, it developed me to be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur mm-hmm. in the sense that, remember, they were not earning. So every living, uh, you had to create it on your own. So then came the issue of farming, issue of cropping. Uh, yeah. Then you sell your crops, you sell your farming stock, then you generate income, then you're able to feed your family. Then as a family siblings or children, then we'll work uh, the fields, uh, we'll look after the cattle, you know, things like that. Then we we, we develop that uh, ability to actually, to say, you've got to stand on your own and make things happen for yourself. Absolutely, yeah. But on the process, as I grew up, uh, I had an opportunity to visit in a township, which my uncle was in a township at uh, at Mbalentle. Okay. So that's where I was going to be doing my secondary school because my primary did it at the farm. Okay. So something confused me because when I arrived there, they had very structured and beautiful houses. <laughs> when confused. I have a question to say, but what is this? Why are we in the kind of houses we are living and uh, other people they are living in the houses which are much more better than houses where we are living? Was this when you went to secondary school to live with your uncle? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I think I just purpose in my heart to say, you know what, when I grew up and uh, qualified and working, I'll make sure that I build my parents a better house and I build okay. myself a better house. Also, any other people who are looking for better houses, then I'll do that. I see. Yeah, and yeah. I'm thankful that I kept it into my dream. I mean, the first house that I actually bought was for my parents. Then I built my house. Then I became a developer, like, yes, I'm a developer now. But so, hang on a bit. Did you straight go from, from school and into construction and development, or did you meander just like most people do? Did you ever work? Yeah, I did work. It was by, you know, when you're in the right place at the right time. I see. Mm. So I, don't, I didn't plan it to say I'm going to go into property development or in property investment, but how it happened. When, when I finished uh, my tertiary education, I worked right. for Siemens. Siemens was based in Pretoria. So I rented there. Uh, then I got work at uh, ESCOM, which was based in Whipping. Yeah, I see. Then I resigned at uh, Siemens. I went to work at Whitbank at ESCOM. Uh-huh. Uh, because I was working in, 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 in Pretoria, you know, there was that element to say, perhaps the best thing is not to pay a bond for another person. Let me pay a bond for myself. I because see. Because it becomes my house. Then I bought the house at that particular point in time. Uh, if my memory serves me well, it has around 2000 And mm. I still remember now, I bought it for 120000 but it was a lot of money. <laughs> uh, I remember I had the sleepless nights. I mean, believe me, that 120000 I couldn't sleep to say, am I making the correct decision? Is this the right uh-huh. thing? You uh-huh. know, sometimes I'll wake up and want to go to the lawyers and cancel this thing because 
I mean, I couldn't comprehend it in my mind to say, who afford this, you know? But nonetheless, uh, I had the house. Yeah. yeah. So only- I mean, how soon did you get the house? Uh, was it right after school or did you wait a while? Not, not immediately, right? Uh, I, I think uh, uh, I worked for Siemens uh, in, in 1997. Yeah. Uh, then from there, I resigned towards the end of the year of 98 to Tweed Bank, uh, working for ESCOM. Then when I arrived there, I worked for about two years at ESCOM in 99 and 2000. Towards the end of 2000, then I bought the house. So I had about three oh. years renting out before I bought the house. Okay. So very fast, hey? You were so it very was- young. Yeah, no, I think I was very ambitious. Uh, that one I was definitely sure of because I wanted to be successful, but I didn't know that I'm going to be successful through property. At that time, I was more, I want to be successful through electrical engineering. I but see. Mm. That discouraged me as far as engineering is concerned. I mean, starting from Siemens, I met engineers there who were 25, 30 years there. Then I look into these old guys who say, oh, is this how it's going to look like after 30 years? <laughs> This is not what I was dreaming about. Then I thought that when I go to Eskom, yes, at Eskom, I found guys who are full. Oh my gosh. Eskom is worse. Eskom is worse. Oh my gosh. This is not what I was dreaming about, you know? No, you are a proper entrepreneur. It turned you totally off as you looked at them. Literally, oh. me and you, Isaac, like, I actually started in account. Actually, true story. I started off doing chartered account. So I said I changed my degrees three times in the first three, in the first six months at GCT. Let me tell you what happened. First time I did, I started off with politics, philosophy, and economics, because I love philosophy. I love economics. Got into the politics class. I saw that everything I had to do was essays. I was like, I know myself. I'm going to fail. I won't, I won't be able to, to write this many essays <laughs> in a semester. So I decided, let me do the easy thing and move to full-time finance by chartered accountancy stream. Mm-hmm. I, everything was good until I then went my first six months, I decided to do an internship. I, the internship was two weeks, the longest two weeks of my life. I was like, people clock in at nine, you finish at five. I couldn't like, by 10 a.m., I could get in at 9 a.m. By 10 a.m., I'd be like, Phew, seven more hours to go, seven more hours to go. That's when I, I got back to UCT, changed my stream to just straight up finance. I was like finance without the CA option. And, it, and I made my decision then and there that me and the office, there's, there was no hope. I was like one hour into work, I was already checking when I clock out. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. It was the longest two weeks of my life working no, in an that's office. Stupid. <laughs> so, so, so Isaac, Lama, 30 years and 40 years, and they are very proud. Some of them are showing you the watch that they get. <laughs> no, uh, me, so. Uh, a watch. See, they get a, yes. They get uh, a watch. Actually, I had a success that I was coming about. Then I wanted to see that success through them, and I couldn't see it. 
I think more than any other thing, that was my problem. I mean, I remember one of the engineers was driving an old Passat, an old Passat. Then I looked this guy. This guy has been working here for 30 years. He's got this Passat. Well, I didn't know where they were living, but I mean, the kind yeah. of thing at work level. As a new person who was coming in the engineering field, really, it was not motivating. No. Then I started asking myself questions, say, perhaps, uh, I mean, one company, that was Siemens, if I go to yeah. Eskom, I mean, that's electrical company, definitely things will be better there. I arrived there, same thing. Oh I was in my mind to say, you know, then what, what, what now? Because all what I've been dreaming about, thinking about, actually, it was just something that is because I can't see it, you know. Yeah, that's this is such a powerful conversation. It's such a powerful point that you bring up, Isaac. So mm-hmm. my next question is, you know, one of the things that I'm realizing, especially in business and in my as I keep growing, is that sometimes the thing that often helps me a lot is being surrounded by people that are already doing the things that I want to do, but living the kind of in a different way, uh, but in similar ways to how I want to live. But if you are in that space and you can't even imagine it, and I keep thinking to myself, it's, it's like you get to a point where your mind can't imagine a particular thing. And so you lack imagination. So that's what I was thinking to myself this weekend. I was like, actually, my problem right now with certain things is that I am lacking the imagination because I don't see it. So just having that aha moment has been critical for me because I'm like, oh, okay, that means that now I know exactly what my next step is because, you know, I know what the problem is. But how did you then deal with that because you are in here you know you don't want what you want how do you change your imagine how did you get your imagination i don't know if that's making sense what triggered <laughs> you what triggered yeah. you and, and you saw somebody or something or what happened there yeah. because my goodness someone is waiting with bated breath to hear so what do you do with these people with 30 year experience and how do you yeah how do you decide that I'm going to be better. And what do you do to take a different path? Yeah, I I think for a quite good clear two years, I had no idea. But what I knew uh, is that I've got to do something different. But uh, around 2000, I didn't know what that difference is. Yeah. Uh, But I had an opportunity, 99, 2000, to rent. And because we're not earning that much, so I had a, a flat which I was renting, which it had about the three apartments or bedrooms. Bedrooms, yeah. Yes. Then I had a friend that we were schooling together at high school. He happened to be at ESCOM also. Mm-hmm. Then I had another friend which we developed because we were going on the same church, but he was a lawyer. Then we decided to stay together, but it was not a business decision. It was an affordability issue. Uh, because at that time, then I had accumulated to say, okay, if we are sharing this rental uh, at this amount, uh, therefore it becomes affordable. Uh, then I can live a good life while also they are assisting uh, about paying this rent. It was not a business decision. It was purely affordability. Mm. Uh, one of the big things during that time or a mistake that I did, I mean, I bought a car 
you know, now there's this car that I love. Uh, there's this new colors that I'm living in. I'm no longer affording. How can I afford? Then I got the friend to come and stay with me. Okay. So taught me something, not to say I planned that. Uh, it taught me something to say, okay, actually you can cooperate with other people uh, mm. so that they assist you uh, with the installment. In this case, it was the installment of the rent. So by the time when I was buying this house, uh, when I had sleepless nights, whether will I afford, will I not afford uh, paying a house, paying a car, you know, things like that. I had a strategy again to say the very same friends I was living with uh, on the rental uh, property, I'm going to yeah. move them into my house. <laughs> That's exactly what we did. Uh, not wow. to say I, I was qualifying because the bond did approve, uh, the, the bank did approve the bond. But because I had already have this caution by the friends in terms of their contribution, I wanted to continue with their contribution so that I can re- enjoy the surplus that I had. Uh, oh. I had no plan whatsoever. What do I want to use the surplus for? But it's always good to have surplus. So the bond was registered. I had a house. Friends came, stay with me. You know, it was a much more bigger house than the townhouse that we were staying. You know, sure. we parking our cars into a garage, an estate, you know, things like that. You know, I charged a bit higher rent compared to uh, where we were renting, which was totally covering my bond. Okay. Oh, nice. Then I started to have an interest and say, wow, this is interesting. Uh, I'm staying for free, Monsieur. Hey. Uh, you know, my bond is getting reduced. It's going to get reduced over a period of years. So if I can take this extra amount, I think during that period of time, again, I had an opportunity to attend one of the workshops uh, regarding property. Uh, okay. When all these strategies in terms of rental market and uh, uh, capital gains and uh, flipping, you know, all those sorts of things. But even though at that point in time, I had no proper understanding. But however, what I grasp is that if you are investing on property, you will never go wrong because it's always appreciating in terms of value. So okay. as I was sitting uh, with one of my property, then I was very happy to say I've got an asset that is appreciating, which is going to give me more money in the future. And my friends are paying for me, are paying it for me. Mm. So I think on the process, when I was not liking the image I was seeing at ESCOM, a new image was born. Okay. okay. Yes. If this is the case, why can't I buy another property and do the same thing? Wow. Now I'm doing it intentionally uh, because I'm seeing it on the property where I'm living. During that time, National Credit Act was not in place. All okay. was interested on, they wanted to see the affordability. And mm. the affordability, you were proving it by the income that goes into your bank account. Of course. So my bank account was good because there's this income coming as a salary. Working for ESCOM, uh, we've had another additional income, which they call it the allowance. You know, we are, we are always on standby. On standby, yes. Yes. And the bonuses wow. were good at the time. Okay. Yeah. There's another income again due to call outs. So I think we we're getting about four incomes just in one company, ESCOM. Plus this what? every month. Yes. Oh guys, yes. no, like I really <laughs> should have considered ESCOM. <laughs> no, but the bonus is no longer like that nowadays. Uh, it's not. No, ESCOM. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was paying very good, I must say. I moved into a second property with the intention to say, okay, I'm building my assets now or asset base. But at that particular point in time, I didn't have a proper strategy like you must buy below the market. You know, those strategies were not there. The only thing that I understood was that it's going to appreciate in value. That I understood clearly, and somebody's going to be paying the bond for me. That I understood clearly because I've experienced it. So yes. I'm uh, second property, same thing. Got somebody, <clears throat> rented out. It was covering the board, covering the rates, everything. So now I'm having two properties running concurrently. I think it was 2002 or something like that. So by 2004, I had about six properties. All of them wow. uh, fully bonded and all of them rental income covering the cost of the bonds and tax and rates. Uh, fortunately, it was not properties that are within the body corporates. It was just properties that are standalone. So the yeah. only was tax and rates, and that's all. Yeah. So were you buying them under a company? Because at this point, you still hadn't come up with a clear strategy, right? But right. I'm assuming you said that you went to the seminars. So at the seminars, they had taught you buy under a company, form a company, and then buy the properties. No. Look, at that particular point in time, remember when a person is talking about the company, he's talking about the trust. <laughs> you hear what they say, but you can't comprehend what he's talking about, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> I know. Wow. And, 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 and the easy thing is, I'm buying a property, I must just buy it myself. I qualify, you know, things like that. Ah. So all the properties were in my personal capacity. Ah. That, that's when I actually had an understanding as to how the property market is operating through the experiences that I was experiencing at that time. I see. Uh, which are aligning with my dream of wanting to build the house for my parents, for myself, yep. and for any other people who are looking for houses. But during that time, I was very much motivated because I had an opportunity to read the uh, Robert Kiyosaki books. Okay. I mean, the guy's investment is excellent. Now, I was imagining all these things that he's saying and the kind of portfolio that he's having, uh, the thousand houses, you know, things like that. Even though I had no proper comprehension as to how am I going to have those thousand houses. To get 2,000. <laughs> so I'm very interested in this. So you're still buying under your name, but you were reading Robert Kiyosaki at that time or did some, was something happening to be like, let me go look for Robert Kiyosaki or other books because now I've got these six properties I'm noticing a shift. No, I didn't say I'm going to look for Robert Kiyosaki. On the process, while I'm playing this game, like as I'm doing, I had friends who were also frustrated in their fields. So <laughs> inviting me on network marketing. Network marketing. Now there's certain whatever product that we must sell. Uh, when you sell this product, you get this commission. This one is a millionaire because of that. You, you know that kind of a business. Of course, of course. I've, I've never understood what? network marketing, guys. Like, I, I don't want to lie, hey? <laughs> Personally, I don't like it. However, what I liked about those sessions I was attending, uh, yeah. that, uh, the, the kind of motivation that they give, the kind mm. of that they provide, Okay. And uh, for something else, it was for networking marketing, we're going to be selling a certain product. 
but the kind of the books that they provide you, the kind of motivation that they give and the seminars that they do yeah no for me did the work but not only oh, yes. on property because that's where i learned about robert kiyosaki okay ah. mm, mm, there is one particular one that really does education eh? absolutely wow. yeah yeah Yeah. Then on the process, I think around 2004, 2005, uh, that's where one of the guys that we're working with, he got a job in Johannesburg, then he was relocating. Then okay. he had a house, which was built but not complete. Yeah. <clears throat> At that point in time, I had a better understanding of the property because I had about six properties. But so, I remember, it was a fully uh, completed property that I was renting them out. So... Uh, you know, then I just took an interest to say, okay, how much is it going to cost me to actually complete this house? God quantity survey, I did the costing, it was costing about 200,000. Okay. You know, but I didn't have this 200,000. Then I thought to say, okay, where do I get this 200,000? Uh-huh. At that particular point in time, again, there was another friend of mine who was staying at Secunda, who had resigned at Sasol, who was coming to work in Jobek for another company, he sold his house at the vendor. Then he was waiting for his proceeds. Then I went to this guy, then I sold the idea to say, give me 200,000, I complete this house. Market was good during those days. I mean, 2000, right up to 2006, you were milking it if you are doing the flipping into the market. Oh, okay. So the guy agreed uh, on the principle to say, give me 200,000, then I bring back 100,000 additional. Uh, the guy, he wanted 200,000, the one who had built the house and not completing it. So I built the house, completed it. Actually, I had no understanding whatsoever as far as building is concerned. <laughs> I like I like how you just go and do you know I I really like this naivety as well but you are moving the whole thing naivety is the only way to be that courageous guy I'm telling you sometimes having too much knowledge can stifle you and stop you from doing things so when you are completely naive you don't know what's right what's wrong what's impossible what's possible <laughs> just go for it <laughs> Absolutely, that's exactly what I did. Uh, on, on, on a process, quite a lot of things that I've learned as far as construction is concerned. Right. Uh, the house was completed. Uh, one of the challenges that I faced when the house was completed, when I sell it, then the bank the one the enrollment certificate. I did not have. Uh, because remember, I didn't understand the processes in terms of construction. So oh. at that point in time, I had to go and plead with the National Home Builders Registration Council to say, look... Uh, to register uh, in retrospect? Yes. Oh, my which, God. Which, which they said, okay, because we are new, you, you are not even a developer also. Uh, you were just building a house with the intention of to sell it. Here's the processes. <clears throat> Then they, they gave me a guideline. Then I had to appoint a structural engineer, you know, to do all the checkings and the tests and so forth. <laughs> Fortunately, uh, everything was done accordingly. When the foundation was checked, it was found to be okay. When the structure was checked, it was found to be okay. When the roof was checked, it was found wow. to be okay. When the glazing was checked, it was found to be okay. Then I got all the certificate and the enrollment certificate was issued. Then that house was sold. 
for 800,000, then I able to settle all the other part. Uh, so mm-hmm. you made a profit of about 600000 on that house? No, <clears throat> I made a profit of about 300000 That's not bad. Absolutely, that's no, that's, that's huge. So sure. I'm so much motivated now to say, wow, uh, if my memory serves me well, I think within a space of about uh, two months, I completed that house. Because remember, the guy had already built uh, almost up to roof level. Myself, I just came in doing the completions and so forth. Yes, yes. But for the fact that, that uh, within two months, I could get an income of 200000 it became a motivation. Yes, of course. Uh, however, I, I continued flipping the other properties that I had into the market, like selling, buying, selling. Then on the process of buying, it was now I look into 300000 is coming. I need to invest into another new property that I'm going to be buying. Okay. And now the strategy was the property that I'm going to be buying, I'm going to be putting this 200,000 as a deposit into that property. So as, sure. as I was working with the agents, then the agent said to me, look, uh, there's this company that is looking for a black developer. Mm. What is that? Then he explained it in simple terms to say, no. You uh, didn't even know that you are a developer. Exactly. <laughs> wow. I like it. Isaac. I didn't even know. <laughs> You know, then I met these guys around 2005. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, then they explained to me what the property development is all about. And I explained to them to say the only development that I've done or a house that I've built is just this one house at Middlebeck, which I also found it almost at completion, then I completed it. But for whatever reason, the guys took a liking to me to say, I know it's fine. Uh, we'll assist Come you. with us. Yeah, come <laughs> with us. Uh, but during that time, I had the company Mzwedu Holdings. When one opened Mzwedu Holdings, you know, this thing of properties must be purchased through a company was starting to get on me, but I don't like it, but I have to do it. So I had the company, <laughs> you know, but I was sitting there. I am so loving this story, guys. I really and I love it for its pure honesty, right? Like, Isaac is like, this thing of using my own name is so much easier, but now people are telling me about a company. And I, and I understand you, Isaac, because like with a company, you now need lawyers, you now need this red tape, accountants. What is that about? All sorts yeah. of things, yes. <laughs> so now I brought my company forward. We started development in Whitbank with these guys. I mean, there were quite a number of houses to be bought with these guys. Sure. sure. And I, I would say they took me by hand from 2005. Yeah. Look into the size of the development that we are going to be doing. Then I asked myself a question that, what am I still doing at ESCOM? Then beginning of uh, uh, mid of, of, of 20, 2005 and so forth, then I resigned. Uh, but it's not an easy thing. Uh, my manager asked me a question and said, we're resigning to do what? They said, no, I'm going to do property development. What's property development? Then I explained. And he said, but that's civil engineering kind of function. So when I electrical engineering, say, where are these things coming together? No, Isaac, you're making a mistake. Go and think, okay, think about this. Hey, you know what? I, I took my resignation on the table. I go, went back. Then I was thinking, you know, but the numbers that I was seeing, because I was looking into the number of houses that you're going to be building, 
you know, most projection sometimes. So I know I was convinced. I went back around June, July and said, no, man, I've thought about this. I look into this. To me, it makes sense. I'm resigning. Yeah. Uh, Here is a Then say, okay, if that's the case, please give us an opportunity at least uh, resign next year so that within the next six months or so, we get another somebody who's going to replace you. Which I didn't have a problem. I continued working, but at the same time, continue with the development. Then come 2006, then I resigned. Yeah. My resignation was accepted. Then I was full time on property development with these guys. Unfortunately, okay. around 2007, 2008, recession hit. Crack. Yeah. Now we're sitting mm. in houses. I can't sell them. Wow. Uh, no, How many houses did you guys build? Uh, at that particular point in time, oh, it was about 20. Uh, up market. Wow. Uh, minimum price was about 1.5 million. <clears throat> Shoo, that's that's the house. Uh, oh yes, you did tell us about those, the upmarket market in Whitbank. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, guys. guys um, uh, Isaac told us about this over coffee in Secunda <laughs> a few <laughs> months ago. It's hilarious. Wow, so that's like you guys were literally sitting with twenty to thirty million rand in stock. During yeah. a recession. About 30 oh. million in stock during the recession, yes. Yeah. Sure, guys. So you have money, sure. but you don't. Yeah. You don't have it because it's not in the bank. It's just it's on not bank. in the bank. The interest yeah. rates are high, so people who are applying for bonds are not getting them because affordability is an issue. Wow. Did it get, how did it get solved? This is very interesting because, yeah. you know, we don't, we don't get too many developers on the show. This is this is interesting. What do developers do? Because I would imagine they have got a capital loan that is huge as well, and you are sitting with stock. Yeah, it, it, for, in my case, it was not necessarily a stock uh, because I, I, I needed cash so as to turn it into stock uh, so that the homeowners get their house. So it was just the sales. The you sales. Know, which okay. is off the plane sales. Mm. So, but at the same time, the off the plane sales are not happening uh, wow. because people are not qualifying. One, uh, interest rate is high. Yeah. Uh, secondly, because we're in a recession in terms of property, uh, banks are very careful in terms of their lending, and there's new law that came into place checking all sorts of things in terms of affordability, loans, and so forth. So people were no longer qualifying as easy as they used to qualify before. So we had a lot of uh, application data being declined, you know, things like that. So basically, the development was not moving. Mm. That is when uh, the idea now of getting partners was born. Say, okay, I'm sitting with this problem now. How do I resolve it? So the only logic that came into my mind is to say some people are qualifying. However, they are not necessarily qualifying for 2 million. Yeah. They're qualifying for 1.5 million, they're qualifying for a million rent. So yeah. it means the kind of a model that I must come with for that particular house, it must feature within that price bracket between 1 million and 1.5 million. Sure, sure. 
which I had to re-advertise our houses, yeah. uh, whereby we're yeah. targeting the bracket of 1 million and 1.5 million. Uh, during that time, then at least we had one had some sales. Okay. But then the challenge now again was you've got to say, go and build a house. I don't have money to build a house. <laughs> so, oh, oh, so you've sold it, but you don't have the money because the money doesn't come before a house is in place. Absolutely. Then I invited at that particular point in time the shareholders okay. presented the project. Uh, that particular point in time arranged about a million rand. Then, but that million rand was enough for my breakthrough. Yeah. So I was able to hit the ground and start building those houses. Yeah. Uh, by 2010 one had already completed those 20 houses. Okay. Now it has reduced value of about 18 million or so, from 30 million to... From 30 million. million. Yes, reduced the price. But now I had, if my memory serves me well, I had eight shareholders in my business. Okay, nice. (laughs) One other challenge that I had to deal with was yes. uh, shareholders in a company which were not necessarily participating in the business because they were still yeah. their employment. Some were doctors, some lawyers, accountants. Yeah. Uh, all they were, they were interested in is the board meeting, give financial report, what are the profits, you know, things like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, depending on site and so forth, you know, they were not really knowledgeable or interested on that. They were interested on the bottom line. Of course. And on the process, we, we had a lot of uh, issues because uh, some decisions to so yeah. difficult to take them. I mean, when you look into the size that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. uh, a decision that could be taken within a space of a day or two, because of the size of the group, we'll find it takes about two, three weeks before we make that decision. Oh, no. And I realized that, no, this is not good for the business. Mm. Uh, one need to restructure this company. Yes. Mm. And on a restructuring process, uh, then one had an opportunity uh, to get another project in terms of development when the social housing was starting at uh, Secunda. They were oh. looking for a local company, which is black, that's doing development. So, sure. uh, at that particular point in time, then I was fitting perfectly into that yeah. department because uh, from 2006, around 2008, nine, I mean, I was a developer. Yeah, yeah. So we got that project. Mm. When we got that project, then I came back to the other partners. Yes. Guys, uh, this is what I'm offering you. I would like you to buy you out. And uh, at that particular point in time, with all the challenges that they've seen and so forth, I mean, they were willing to be bought out. And some were also directors in the business, you know, registered with their professional bodies. Then if this company gets liquidated, you know, it's going to impact them on their career, things like that. So me offering to buy them, they welcome it with pleasure. Okay. So 
I started the social housing on the other side. So basically, uh, the income that I was generating from the social housing from Sekunda, that was the money that I used to pay them. To buy that out. Mm. Yes. So okay. basically, that's how I transit from rental into development, which I didn't plan that I'm becoming a developer. You know, luck came to me because I think I was prepared enough to grasp yeah. it, grasp that yeah. opportunity. And I became developer uh, by incident. Yeah. But now I'm a developer by purpose. Yeah, I like that. Let's just go back a little bit um, <clears throat> because you've spoken about, about a tribe, um, uh, uh, Isaac. When you look back at the other development company that invited you, because, you know, sometimes when, when companies partner up with, with BEE partners, let's, let's not even call it anything else, it is, um, it is really a cosmetic partnering. It becomes, it, 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 really, it really is just about you are just there in the books. What would you say happened that was different for you with this development company? What, what, what are the lessons of partnering in, in such a case? Yeah, I think the difference of my partnership and the partnership that I've seen, I had a good partnership. Yeah. The partnership that I had with this uh, well-developed company, they just gave me an opportunity. And the opportunity was, yeah, the houses to be built. And in order for you to build these houses, you need to have a company and that company must register with NHPRC and it must register with SIDP. Yeah. Then it had to be up to me to actually follow uh, that lead to say what it means to register with NHPRC. If There's comments, there are classes to attend, uh, there are manual to read, there are tests to write. I've gone through that process. And hence, the company was registered with NHPRC and CITP. Now came into marketing of the plan. Yeah. I didn't know anything about marketing of the plan. Mm. I mean, yeah. I was introduced to the agent to say, yes, the agent is marketing for that company. Uh, talk to them how they do this. Said with the agent at that particular point in time, it was Hazel Mark. Uh, you know, they showed me different plans of the houses that are selling in the market at the moment and the trends, you know, all those sorts of things. Of course. Of course. In that particular area. Mm -hmm. Then I ended up choosing a plan. Uh, initially, I chose the wrong plan, the expensive one, when the sales were not happening. Then I came back and chose a plan which was a little bit affordable, uh, yeah. which was a price range between a million and 1.5 million. Mm. So we'll have a meeting with these guys the main developer, because he would be interested to know as to what is happening, how sales are going, what are your challenges? Mm. Uh, you know, then our challenges was the sale because the price was high. You know, then it was their advice to say, but why don't you reduce your price? You know, at that time, I didn't know how do you reduce the price on the house? You know, then they say, no, you can reduce your price by actually choosing a plane, which is much more cost-effective than oh. the one that we have, because this one is expensive. My goodness. You were getting mentorship on the go. Yes. Absolutely. You were getting mentorship on the go. And the architect said, this plan is expensive. I want a much more affordable one, which could yeah. be between 1 million and 1.5 million. Then the architect had to come up with something. Ah. 
So finally, uh, the sales happened, houses were bought, and they were completed. But remember, now I was full-time. Then yes. I was learning and doing training on each and everything that is required for me to become a developer. So during a period of time of two, three years, then I became a real developer. Yeah. Uh, I would say it, it was a good partnership because I was not invited into their company because I might yeah. end up in an arms race shareholder or partner. But yeah. in this case, I was hands-on. I mean, all yeah. this, when you're talking about the quality control, I had to learn as to what is quality control in the house. Uh, what are the compliant uh, documents in the house? You know, you know, I had to learn it, you know, as we were developing those houses. Then I think that's the reason why at the end of the day, one became better. I think sure. when we started that uh, development, 15 black companies were invited. But when we completed it around 2010, only yeah. three companies that remained standing, and my company was one of those companies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. really, really, I, I really love this because, because it, it really breaks my heart. The BEE model is not something that, that people like necessarily. Mm-hmm. And when you have not seen a properly functional BEE, you know, it can, mm-hmm. it can breed very terrible entrepreneurs, the BEE model. And then there are, there are some people who have done great with how they partner with, with, with black companies. And I really, really appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. I, I think really if they are not mm-hmm. using the BE companies as a front. As front. Right? As just like, but really mm. adding value. Because yeah. what you were getting is you weren't just getting oh, this is a business partnership. You're also getting people that were invested in your success. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what BEE was created for. Was created was to for. to say, come and share skills. But because humans are humans, like, you know, yeah. it, hasn't, yeah. it doesn't always translate like that. But also there are times when it works really well and you're that model. And Isaac, for me as well, you know, what is important is by your building in Secunda, have you taken business from them? Because I think the scarcity is what creates the terrible BEE modeling. Mm. They continue to exist, don't they? Yes, they did continue to exist. Uh, But we were operating now in two different markets. Uh, Those guys are... Of course. Estate commercial developments. Yes. My, myself, with my expenses uh, in Whitbanky, then I chose that I will focus on a gap market uh, because mm-hmm. the, the up market, I found it very complicated. Yeah. Uh, if my memory serves me well, there's one or two houses which I couldn't recover uh, the full claim of, yeah. of, of money in terms of the development because of the guy sure. complaining about this and that, you know very small, pretty, whatever kind of things. And yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. those guys are engineers, are doctors. Even if you're threatening him to take him to court, I mean, he doesn't care. I mean, he can afford to go to court and argue and whatever the case might be. Then at the end of the day, we had to make that decision to say, okay, do I take this matter to court? You know, and it's uh, more than 200,000 at that time, kind of a case, it will go to high court. So you're going to pay advocate so much maybe they might have been settled after six months or a year 
whatever that we are trying to claim is no longer worth it. Then I just yeah. then I'm telling to say, perhaps this is a market that I shouldn't be focusing on. This is a market that I must focus on the affordable one or the gap market. Absolutely. Mm. So let's just go to that definition of a gap market. Yes. Why do we have, why do we even have something called gap market? Can you explain it to our listeners? Someone is listening who just knows estates or they know the RTP homes. What is a gap market, uh, Isaac? Yeah, gap market is a market which is not qualifying for the RTP houses. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, they are not qualifying for the bonds. So they are earning too much to get RTP house, but they are earning less to get the bond. Absolutely. So now we're looking into houses that are ranging between 350,000 uh, up to plus minus 900,000. It's classified mm. as a cap market. Yeah. And there is a kind of a market whereby there's quite a number of grants that are available. Mm-hmm. If people are working for the mines, there are grants from the mines. Yeah. Assisting that market to actually qualify for the bonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the people are working for companies like which there are no grants, like maybe INS or a teacher, mm-hmm. uh, the grants from human settlement. So as to assist that whoever individual, then they qualify for the bonds. Mm-hmm. So anything between 350 and 900,000 is a gap market. Absolutely. It's a gap market because there are grants available to assist them to qualify for bonds. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. That is such an incredible thing. I, um, does the so police also I was feed about into to ask this? The same <laughs> is this Go the ahead. one from yeah, we read yes, it other mind. I'm calling it grant, but the correct word for it, they call it FLISP, individual subsidy. Uh, It's meant for that particular market, the gap market, uh, whereby they can qualify up to 100,000. That's nice. Free money that they are getting from human settlement. And when they are buying a house, which is 700,000, then basically they need a bond of about 600,000 because that 100,000 is going to come from the human settlement. That's not mm. bad. But one of the reasons focusing on a cap market, especially where there are companies, there are mines, where we operate in Secunda, they, they end up getting a grant of almost about 340,000. You'll find that that's the 50%. Mine. Absolutely. They get about 340,000 from the mines, and they, they get 100,000 from human settlement. Then, if you're buying a house which is 600,000, I mean, Already, you've got so much equity on the house before the bond is even. That is amazing. I'm, I'm so, so, I'm warmed by the idea. I really, really, yeah. really appreciate what the mines have been doing with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people so, end up buying in areas that they don't necessarily come from, but home ownership is such an important part of your dignity as a human being. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But unfortunately. People, they don't know this. Uh, the, the, the flips or the grant from human settlement is for everybody. For as long as you are working, uh, you can prove that you've got a salary and you are falling within that bracket. You qualify, irrespective of the area, whether we're in Secunda, Gauteng, wherever. 
But you can go to any wherever individual who's looking to buy a house at that range. They don't know about us. Mm-hmm. Same thing Please again. Can you remind us just for clarity? I think it's really important. Um, how much is it that, uh, how much must you be earning to qualify for FLIS? Uh, to qualify for FLIS, you should be earning between 3,500 and 30,000. Yeah. Wow, that is actually, that's massive. It like is. even 30,000. So people earning in the 20,000, 25,000 rand mark, this is incredible. And how much will they fund? How much of a subsidy do they give when you're with FLIS? It depends. They yeah. get up to 100,000. It's up yeah. to 100,000. So it can range. Some people get 35,000 only. Some people get 70. And then people, some, the maximum is 100,000 though. But, some pe- but then you can use that as your down payment, can't you, with the bank? That's what, no, but that's what he's saying. For a 700,000 house, you get the, let's say you end up with 100,000. Mm. That means you get a 700,000 house, but you end up with a bond of 600,000. You walk into this house, you already have equity of 100,000. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is such an incredible, powerful thing for our people, honestly. Same applies with the people that are working on the mines. They don't know yeah. about the grants that are issued by the mines. You yeah. find companies, they are there working, renting. Then you are confused to say, by why this person is not claiming the 240000 and buy a house? I know. You try to explain to them, he hears you, but he doesn't hear you. <laughs> That's hey, the problem. I, Isaac, me, I have, I'm humbled. I'm, I'm really humbled because there are things that I thought I knew English and I could read, but there are things that passed over my head and you could hear gearing, capital, this, what, what. So I'm sure to them as well, it sounds like that. It's blah, blah, blah. It's too much English. You know, you, we need to take it a peg down and see what yeah. this is. Do. Otherwise, because... I can tell you the language of investment, everyone thinks because we have got college degrees, we understand it. And when you are talking about ROI, capital, caring, uh, it passes over you until the day you hear it. <laughs> until you wow. hear it. Yeah, yeah, like I keep trying to explain this. So just a quick question, Isaac, because I want to actually send this podcast to my younger cousins. Yes. Um, <laughs> so this is why I'm asking about Fliss because I want them to listen to this particular part because we're also educating our families through this podcast, right? And our friends. So how does someone qualify for Fliss? So if I come, they see your houses. And funny enough, a lot of my cousins are based in Whitbank. So someone comes, they see your houses, they feel like they want to buy one of the houses. How do you then go qualify for Fliss? They know oh, how they to get- apply Yes. Yeah, I think that's what trips a lot of people up. They hear this thing, they hear government and they think, you know what happens when when I tell people about FLIS? They go, you know, so you need to know people. It's almost like it's this mysterious thing that just sort of happens when you know other people. Yeah, to be honest with you, if flips is one of the budget by human settlement which is not spent, 
uh, every time uh-huh. it goes back to the treasury because he hasn't spent no no because how is that possible when our people are so desperate for housing that's exactly what is happening as we speak i'm heartbroken because people don't understand and that is the mindset i also i mean i tend to agree with my cousins when they go like you isn't does a government because this is how we've been trained so we think that everything is going to be impossible we're not going to qualify what's the point no qualification uh, you you've got to be earning between 3500 and 30000 uh whatever house that you want to buy it must be your first home of course mm-hmm. uh because the whole idea of the grant is to assist people to own houses or homes so Thank if you, you have bought a house before you you can no longer ah. apply it means you've proven that you do qualify to get a bond of course oh, but if you're first time home owner then you qualify yeah. so that's the qualification that's it you you apply from human settlement human settlement they have the provincial offices like in 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 pomalanga you have the head office in nelspruit but however the provincial one is in witbank yeah maybe the challenge uh, is that one if you're in sekunda to drive to witbank for example and put the application yes but i mean driving to witbank to put your application when you're going to be receiving 100000 for free for free i mean i mean i mean guys i would go without even thinking twice hey like but so how long does it take is it a long process because that's also something that deters people so i go to the bank i get i get my i'm applying for the loan is flips also as quick is it uh, i'll get a response within a month or a shorter time period even no to whether you are qualifying or not qualifying within a space of what the week two weeks you you'll get what? that yes what two weeks you'll get that response remember no way i know guys yeah must, this must be utilized flisp must be utilized the only challenge with the flisp uh after they've told you that you are qualifying and they submitted your application then it goes through the processes within the government ah. that take time so you'll find that you'll get the disbursement after eight months uh sometimes after a year okay oh okay <laughs> now we know part of the challenges and the hold up <laughs> so question can a people that are listening to this podcast and someone is like i want to do my first i want to own my first house but maybe i'll be ready in 6 months before i go through a qualification with the bank can they go apply for flisp now so that by the time the money comes out they can go do the bank application yeah you you've got to link your application with the house is not with the, the house Ah, yes. Yes. Dad, yes. Okay, so there you are the challenges. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You remember um what's his name? Um Mayor had had explained that yeah. I remember it has to be linked to a particular house. It's a ah. it's a challenge. Yeah. So But actually Flisp itself has its own unique challenges. It does. Yeah, but it's Dad, a but it's a it's a cha- it's a good challenge because if you link it to a development that you are buying off plan then 
then yes. you have got a parallel because phase three at, at the Mziwe to um, holding a, a thingy is not even developed yet. So yes. your process is going in parallel with the developer yes. getting there. And we already know that your salary is actually at the right place. We yes. already know how. So there are there are ways to go about it just so that people, very, very people know. And and again, the value of being given hundred thousand for free makes the waiting yep. worthwhile. Yes, yeah. true. Especially yeah. if you're like 25, this is your first home. It's just, right. it cuts down on so much, right? Like there's so much that that money can be used to cut down the interest rate, the bond, everything. So yeah. Isaac, this brings me to my next question, which I would love to transition into before we move on to the next segment. Is the next How segment. do you then get to the point where you are right now, where you're working with the property magician Stockfowl, where we have invested <laughs> 1.3 rand in your development, Tell us about how you then get to these major developments. Mm. Quickly walk us through this, this journey. Yeah, I, I realize this thing of projects, project by social housing company, governing big housing, uh, project, project by Sasol, uh, building houses for your employees. That model is not working because we are not in control in terms of the budget. Uh, they yes. the budget. Uh, like, for example, the uh, Kabinenberg Housing Company appointed in 2009, we should have bought them uh, 500 houses by now. We haven't mm-hmm. uh, because of the challenges on their side and so forth. Yeah. On the other side, you've got projection to say, uh, I've got 500 houses to bold the uh, income of about 200 million. You, you just point that 200 million on paper, but you're never receiving it. Oh. Uh, now comes us all want you to build, uh, when we were appointed to build 200 houses for their employees. Sure. Uh, which it turned out to be a project which is worth about 100 million. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, this 100 million is good for me if ever I do it within a space of about a year or two years maximum. Of course. Mm. Now, Sassol is stretching that money over a period of five years, you know. Mm. Yes, it's still a good money, but it might be much more better and good if ever is done within a very short space of time. Of time. Mm. Uh, then in the issue of, of, of COVID, you know, then all the project was stopped. Yeah. Uh, well, the project is not belonging to you. project belongs to a customer. In this case, uh, it's a company that has given you the, the project. Sure. Then you realize, you say, no, man, this model is not working whereby other people are controlling our budget. So we've got to control mm-hmm. our budget. Mm-hmm. Then we decided to say, okay, let's make a proposal to Governing Big Housing Company, giving us about five hectares. Let's uh, rezone that five hectares and then build about 131 houses, okay. which is a process that we started in 2017. Mm-hmm. And then we got our approval in 2019. Mm-hmm. And we started with development in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, then our strategy was that on registration, we will receive the money for the stands, then we'll use that money to actually continue and capitalize the project and move forward. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Unfortunately, cool. there were other things that we didn't know that are going to be a challenge on our way. In this oh. case, 
2021, around February, we discovered that the same property working on is registered with two different descriptions at its office. Yes. yes. Oh, my and God. Was, that was a killer. Wow. Because now we've got this strategy to say we are going to generate income through registration of the land. Mm. And the land is not registering because it's got two different descriptions. Yes. And then on the other side, the houses are sold. People, they want their houses. Of course. Mm. And that's where now where one thought out of the box to say, I've got to get a partner who's going to capitalize us so that we are able to move this project while all these other issues are being sorted out. Then basically that's where the, the property stockfell group and yourself came into play. Okay. Uh, yeah, beginning of this year. Even though our discussion with, with, with uh, Celindy started in December last December. year. Yeah. yeah, but the actual meetings and everything, it started in January, February this year. Yeah. So yeah. basically, if you look into the model that we have done, whereby you put infrastructure as you do the top structure, that's not the best model uh, to actually do development. If you go all other development that you have seen before, you'll find that they do infrastructure development, you'll see there's a road. There's, there's a, a road, there's pipes, there's electricity. Okay. And they come with the top structure. But Jump. with our case, because we didn't have a capital, then hence we're doing everything concurrently. But however, going forward, now we've learned to say, whether you like it or not, you've got to raise capital to actually invest on the infrastructure first. Once the infrastructure has been completed, then you come on a top structure. So any other development, that's how we're going to be handling. Infrastructure mm-hmm. then come with the top structure development. Okay. Yes. Wow, this is incredible. So you've also uh, pitched us an idea as the property magician Stockfowl, which we have sort of shared on YouTube, but we'd like you to talk about it in this podcast because we're going to be definitely pushing the concept forward in a few months as we near the end, um, as we get nearer towards the end of 2022. But do share with us the vision that you have around the billion rand uh, company in revenue that you have in mind. So instead of going to the stock market to raise funds and do an IPO, do share with us your alternative concept and idea. At this point in time, uh, we have a very good pipeline in terms of projects. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, when valued, uh, those projects I'm talking about, they are above uh, $3 billion. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the pipeline that we have. Yes. And the only thing that we need is capitalization. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's where initially our thought was we're going to be listing and raise that capital from stock exchange. Oh. Uh, but once we met you and we understand your capabilities in terms of fundraising yeah. or capital raising, Mm-hmm. Then we just thought that probably there might be no need then to actually go through the stock exchange route, mm-hmm. but continue and presenting the opportunities as they come so that uh, through uh, your group, then you actually capitalize us. Mm-hmm. So if we could capitalize the project that I'm talking about, which I own the pipeline, mm-hmm. uh, within a space of about a year from now, we could be turning. Uh, over more than a billion rand uh, per annum. 
Because I mean, below the pier, I'm basically we need to build about plus minus two hundred houses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, then yeah. We'll around that region, I'm talking about. Remember, uh, you're gonna be putting the infrastructure. We're gonna be doing the top development uh, structure. Then all that combined, then it's easy to actually turn over that kind of a return that we're talking about. Talking mm. about, and you are much more relaxed because you don't have the stop start of trying yes. to raise capital and finding capital when you know you've yeah. got consistent injection of capital coming from the stock fell. Exactly. Absolutely. exactly. I mean, all the developers, we look at the big ones. Yes. And they've got a strategic partner or a funder. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no developer. Even the guys that I was working with at Whitbank, I mean, the, the constant funder, which in this case, it was Investec. Yeah. I mean, as early as 2006, 2007, those guys had the facility of one billion. Mm. And when they oh. go into whatever development that they are going in terms of infrastructure, like the one that we're doing, uh, which they injected about 200 million just on the infrastructure, that was the money which was coming from Investec. Then when we came in that development, then we're just doing the top structure development. So that's the kind of a relationship that we need to, with whoever finds yes. whether your group or another group, whereby when capital injection is required, then that capital is injected, then services are being mm. rendered, then that particular development then is ready for us to do actually the top, top structure construction. Yeah. Actually... So, in all honesty, uh, a lot of white developers have a lot of black money, not because black people know it, but because a lot of these investment companies that we invest in as black people in the country, they give us their low returns on our retirement annuities and our funeral policies. And where do they put their monies in? In these developers, they make their monies and then we get a little bit, but they're not funding black developers, you guys. They're funding a lot of white developers, but the crazy thing is it's black money that is investing in those companies. So it's a lot of us having to rethink the way that we do business. This is what Isaac is saying, is that like as black developers, this is they need a funder like Investec. So if we, as the stock file, the property magician stock file, can grow and fund them at that level, they can, because they no longer have to split resources, worry about raising capital, they can now fully focus on building and developing because the money is coming in all the time. And in return, what um, uh, we would also be making quite a good investment on that, right? All of us in the property stockpile would make a good return on investment, but also our people are getting dignified housing, you guys. Um, And they're working with developers that are building for them, understand them, understand what they're looking for and can tell them about things like FLISP and help them through the process. So this is like a win-win on all sides. On all so, sides. Yeah, we yeah. really are excited I, about this. Isaac. We are very excited about the opportunity. And, and when we started the stock fell, we started with a vision of 20, 250 million of assets. <laughs> we had no idea how, where. And yes. suddenly 
we can see possibility and when you when you the two of you spoke about when yeah. you are not exposed you don't yeah. even know how to dream it right yes and yes. you know our visit to the Nzuetu holdings in 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 Secunda just opened the opportunity of just seeing you know we yes. can touch and feel 200 million but we are suddenly know exactly what we are working towards and the yes. possibility now is tangible we have touched it and felt it so this, yeah this, we this, now this, have a strategy to reach that do. 250 million rand by the end of 2025 for our members as we yeah. have planned but yeah. this is just and what I'm loving, and I know it's the same for me, Zor, is that it is a, we're not just making the money in a way that is just not in alignment with our values. This is something that yeah. we both deeply, deeply care about what's going on in low-income housing and making sure that people have dignified housing. So this is such an, this is such an incredible opportunity. We yeah. are loving the sounds of this. And guys, I hope that you guys are listening to this podcast and also getting super excited by the possibilities, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, Van, but I feel like we, for, 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 for Isaac, um, for, for Isaac's uh, development uh, journey, this has been such an incredible, and I feel like mm. we, we're probably going to have more webinars on this because yeah. there are different angles of this podcast that we want yeah. our, our listeners to be learning from. And yeah. you may be coming from another country, you do not have access to FLISP as it stands in South Africa, mm. but the, the possibility of it existing in your country and being called something else is there. Because mm. in the States, remember we used to listen to that bigger pockets and they would talk about the FHI loan and you would say, what? what is that? I wish South Africa had, they have got an FHI loan where you can, yes. I don't know, you get, you pay only 3% towards this loan yeah. and everyone who starts, starts with that FHI loan. Yes, first time home buyers loan. FHL, first time home buyers loan. Remember, yeah. and and yeah. and people who are in the army, a teacher, a nurse, and whatever, and mm. that's exactly who the gap market is all over the world. Yes, so yes. They start with an F in South Africa, it's called FLISP. In Botswana, I can promise you it's there. In Lesotho, something exactly. of its kind is there. So Isaac, this has been such an incredible, I don't know about you, Ben. Um, I am full. I'm really full, yeah. Let's this move on to the next segment. On to the next segment of our show, magical feedback from our hosts where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to Magical Feedback. Mizo is going to start us off as usual. <laughs> this just puts me on the spot, I must tell you, because I've got 10 lessons. But you know before. it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> you've got time. If you've got time. So let's start with this one because I really love this because I am a property mentor for beginners. Property does not have to start with any sort of money, guys. Did you hear how Isaac started with house hacking in a rental? 
He moved it from house hacking in a rental to house hacking in a house that he bought. He moved with the same tenants. He was like, come to my house. I've got a house, but it's a nicer house now. We live in an estate. He even raised the rent. They still came along with him. And he was sitting there chilling, not paying any bond. And he had extra money. House hacking is the way to go if you don't know what else to do. You can get into a very lovely estate um, cluster house or whatever and get one of the people that you share values with to share and there you are. You do not start with any extra 100,000 or 500,000 for heaven's sake. This is such an easy strategy to adopt. Yeah, love that. Wow, it is an incredible strategy to adopt. I love mm -hmm. it. So mm -hmm. my other take, my first takeaway is um, how, like still just how Isaac, had an idea that he wanted to be wealthy and he didn't, and he wanted to be successful, but that he didn't change his idea when he got into an environment that didn't support that and didn't, wasn't able to show him that vision. He rather went and found environments that supported that. I think yeah. what often happens with a lot of us is we have visions for our lives and we're like, I know I want to retire early. And then we get into work, a job. right? Mizo, we get into a job and people tell us this is the reality. This is how, this is what you have to do. And then we stick to that reality. We hold on to it, but it's not the truth of what we wanted to begin with. Yeah. So I yeah. think this is such a powerful, powerful takeaway is that you don't have to change your vision based on your environment. So if your environment doesn't support your vision, change your environment, change yeah. your networks, change the people around you, change your environment to support your vision, not change your vision to fit into the environment. Absolutely. Gosh. Yeah. And that's what we do actually. And I like the words that you used. This is the reality. How many times have we been told that's the reality? We've got a reality exactly. for black women. We've got a reality for all black people. We have a reality of a job. We have a reality. Watch that reality, please watch that reality don't get told what your reality is i love exactly. that exactly oh my god and I love it's that. not even your reality it's these people's realities because we all have very different realities like when people tell me the reality is that every day you have to wake up and go to work and hustle i'm like whose reality because i've spent most of my adulthood sleeping until 10 a.m facts you know like <laughs> This is what I've been doing with most of my adulthood. So what reality is that? Like I spend most of my real my reality has consisted of waking up at 10 a.m., watching oceans, watching mountain views, all sorts of things. So don't, I think it's really, really key because we are always being told that things are impossible and certain realities are not possible. And what we then do is we change our desires and our visions to suit that reality, be it in marriage, in relationships, in every aspect. In careers. In careers. Yeah. I, I agree with you totally. One of the mentees that I was telling you about, who is a medical doctor, is looking for an alternative to say, with the medical degree, can I do other things? And how many times has she had a no? The reality is, you are a doctor. Come on. 
and yeah. the only thing and the only contribution that she can be is by seeing one patient at a time. And she had never come across someone like me who categorically says, I don't, I don't like the wards and I do not yeah. like practice. And the reality is such a problem, that word. It's mm. such a problem when we impose it as if you can't change your mind and flip between things and go from one thing to the other. I really, really think this is such an important discussion. Now, I want to go back to, again, strategies of, of, of property investment. Watch how the progression of Isaac's journey moves out of house hacking and then he does multiple rentals, buy and rent. He also, by accident, ends up at flipping a house and making a profit. And that's how he realized, actually, you can make a bulk amount of money by flipping. And he moves out of flipping by fluke or by intent or by accident, whatever he calls it, he ends up being a developer or a partner, mm. a BE partner to a, to, to, to a, to a company in, in, in we, we keep saying BEE, there are people listening to us that are not in South Africa. It's black empowerment, economic empowerment, where a white company will go and partner up with a black developer. And mm. they are supposed to economically and skills wise do skills transfer that is the that is the model of black empowerment mm. um economic empowerment in south africa so that we can redress what has happened in the past where economically black mm. people were left behind now what happens in in in, in property is that you will grow from your strategy but the one thing that i encourage all mentees to or beginner investors to do is stay with one or two of the models or strategies mm -hmm. and see yourself make money before you progress. The reason why people mm -hmm. don't make money in property is they want, if someone is buying land, you buy land. If they are doing a buy to rent, you buy to rent. If someone is doing a flip, you do a flip. You can be in all strategies. Stay with one or two or maybe three, because you can do passive investing in property without getting involved. But as you can see, there's a growth and development is an advanced strategy. Most people don't start with development. Most people, because mm. it's so involved, there are so many things. So property wow. investment strategy is important. You don't go all over the place. You're going to lose money. You're going to lose impetus and you may not even see the wealth that you are trying to build. Mm. That's my two. I love this, Mizo. And also, can I just say that like one of the things that came up for me is um, as I'm listening to him is I was also very aware that like he has, he's been doing again, even within location, he's been operating in the locations that he understands in the places that he understands in the markets that he understands. So um, my second takeaway from Isaac is, you know, when the recession hit, how he pivoted, you know, the importance of giving ourselves permission to pivot. Like, I think one of the key things is that when businesses are failing and when things are not working out, 
what we tend to do is there is this thing we tend to take even the Begazella mindset even into business. You know, <laughs> we go into like I'm just gonna hold on like. Things are going to change eventually. Things are going to change eventually. But the truth is that there's no harm. Like every business, if something isn't working and it's not being profitable, and give yourself permission to completely pivot into a whole new market. Like Isaac did. He was like, I'll buy out my partners. I'm going to pivot into a whole new market, sell to a whole different clientele, still in the same industry, but he is pivoting. And I think This is key. You get to change your mind and you get to pivot often. So he didn't go like, oh, this isn't working. And he just stayed there. You give yourself permission to pivot. And I really, really love that because I feel like a lot of us do. There is that thing. I think there's a thin line between I'm just going to persist and I'm going to and things are eventually going to change. And this isn't working this isn't the market for me. And these are the reasons. So I refuse to hold on any longer. Let me do the smart thing and pivot, change gears and change directions. Absolutely. That's a key thing. That's such a key thing to learn in business and relationships. Hmm? Very important. I like that. I am... I am so conflicted about what I want to talk about on my third one, but this is, um, yeah, I really like how um, Isaac, uh, what's going on with our recording? I really like how Isaac, was able to be mentored during his partnership with his partners. He he learned all sorts of little crevices of development from marketing a plan when you are selling off plan as a marketer, as, as a developer. He was being mentored by the architects. He learned quality control. He learned all sorts of compliance documents. compliance documents that are in there in, in, in development. And he learned a lot about how to register with the NHBRC, which is the National Housing um, Council in South Africa that you require as a developer to, 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 to register with before you can build houses. So mentorship is incredibly important. Development is a special kind of strategy that you don't just go into on your own and think you can just, you know, jipo it and do it the way you do it. That is my third takeaway. Okay, so my final takeaway was how Isaac figured out that he could partner with people that like having other people in his life could help him go further like that. Just from that idea of having, of house hacking, that if he has other people involved in his business and everything, it will help him grow. And just the takeaway, even now that, as you keep saying, Mizo, that real estate is about teamwork. It's about, um, it's also about relationships, right? So Isaac is aware that like he doesn't want to keep uh, they 
their main strength, their key strength or their zone of genius is in building houses and developing. So they just yeah. need to partner with someone that will help them get the money and in the same way that they've partnered with someone to sell the houses, right? Yeah. So you don't have to be a jack of all trades and a know-it-all to get things done. You just have to partner with the people that have a similar vision and a similar intention to you. And also, I don't know if you noticed, Mizo, they started, uh, they had the same idea at around about the same time when we started the Stockpile. So I'm just so excited about that. I'm like, wow, this is fascinating. It's so interesting, right? So yeah, that's my takeaway, guys, is that really and truly, if you want to go far, go together. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yep. So that is it. Re-listen to this podcast because you're going to hear a lot more about this partnership that is ensuing. Exactly. And without further ado, let's move on to the next segment of the show. Now on to the journey to magical expansion where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest. Okay, guys, welcome to the journey to magical expansion. As usual, Mizo is going to kick us off. Yay! Isaac, this is my favorite part of the show. This is the part of the show where we ask our guests the same five questions, and this is how they discover what to learn, where to find it, and how to learn it. So give us one or two favorite books um, in real estate or in business in general that you want to share with our listeners. Yeah, I think for me, a game changer in my life was... uh, uh, rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay. Uh, actually, if you read that book, uh, definitely the perspective in terms of how you approach the investment will be never be the same again. I know. And uh, <laughs> when got a series of books again, uh, there is this other one, uh, also by the Robert Kiyosaki, uh-huh. The Advantage of the Rich. I mean, when you read that book again, you will be mind blown. So I think I've read all those books and uh, all those strategies which has changed my life and the way in which I'm doing things at this point in time. Yeah. yeah. Mm. To another guy by Dr. Hannes Dreyer. He's a South African guy. Yeah. Mm. Start with the controversial kind of a statement and say people are investing in property and saying, you'll be rich when you invest in property. That's a lie. Mm. And when you start now listening is to say, what is this guy really saying? Yeah. Explains and he says, you don't become rich by investing in property. There are many people who have invested on property and they are poor. Oh. You understand that it is the rate of return through Mm. your property investment that makes you rich, not the property. Thank you. Mm. And does Dr. Hannes Dreyer have a book? Yeah, he's got a book. If you can go to his website, you, you'll get quite a number of books uh, on, 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 on his website. Yeah. Uh, it's well creators method. If you can just oh. check it, you'll get the books and whatever. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I always use the term, I'm into property. There are lots of people who are into property. Many, there are lots of them. I know lots of them, but <laughs> into, into is not invested, unfortunately. I yes. like that. Then, okay, <laughs> this is interesting. I love it. Uh, so <laughs> Isaac, what keeps you inspired? Yeah, I think what keeping me inspired uh, over a period of time, I've made so much mistakes. Uh, mm. I, made, I had so much learnings. Mm. Uh, what I'm doing now, I'm correcting all the mistakes and consolidating what I've learned. Yeah. I mean, if you check from the time I started until now, I've got a very, very rich knowledge as far as property investment is concerned, whether be it the rentals, or yeah. flipping into the market or developing. Yeah. Now I'm combining yeah. all this thing and I'm accelerating it now in terms of growth. Yeah. So mm. what I might have achieved over a period of 15 years, I want to multiply it by 10 within a very short space of time, like two years from now, I mean, making this company to 10, 1 billion. Yeah. I mean, that's what keeps me inspired to actually do what I'm doing and get all methods and ways. Uh, which are going to actually accelerate me so as to achieve that within a very short space of time. Absolutely. Mm. Yes. Like that, like that. And um, are there any things that you, you still feel like you, you still want to learn, Isaac? What are the other things that you want to learn? Look, at this point in time, I want to learn or I need to develop a relationship with a funder. I mean, that's the only puzzle that is way is missing in my equation. Because the skill, the experience, the knowledge, the opportunities in terms of the pipeline is there. Yeah. The only missing puzzle in this whole equation is the funder. So once 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 the funder is on board, yes, we are on board, but I'm talking about in a bigger scale. Then the 10x I'm talking about, uh, 1 billion 10 over per annum. I mean, one is going to achieve it within the next one year or two years from now. Sure. That's the sure. only thing that is missing at this point in time. And one is working very hard that we bring that puzzle into our equation. Into equation. I take the challenge. Mm. Challenge accepted. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I actually do like this idea, you know, I do. I do think here's the, the honest truth is that we're always looking for deals. You always have deals. We can raise the money. So the idea of doing this is something that we would, we would love to bring to our members and see yeah. what they hear and think and what their idea is and what I know about at least our members when it comes to the Money Magic students is we love holding intentions and working together as a group towards intentions. We love working with that collectivity, with that collective energy of intentions. And this is such a beautiful intentional thing because I think that it's, it gives us access to a pipeline of, of constant deals and yeah. then we can just focus on how do we um, raise funds as well, analyze other deals, but the majority of the deals are always there. So that's exciting for us. 
that being said, Isaac, what do you think you still need to learn in development, especially, well, property development or even anything in real estate? Uh, to be honest with you, to a level where I am at the moment, especially with this development that we're busy with, at the property development, particularly for residential, I think I've learned everything. The only thing that I need now to learn uh, is to take it to a level of a commercial development. Sure. Mm. Uh, commercial development, like developing something like a shopping mall and so forth, because I do believe that the dynamics are slightly different than the residential development. So on that space, the strategy is to, in our development, every development that we're doing will make sure that we also incorporate uh, the commercial development. Like for example, if we're building uh, 300, 400 houses, residential, yeah. I mean, if we create the amenities like schools, like shopping malls or shopping complex, nothing like that. So I'll be spending some time, you know, studying different models in terms of commercial development. Commercial. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to incorporate them into our development going forward. Because not only you want to give people the residential, but you must also make the residential development they are doing to be attractive by making sure that all the amenities that are required are available. Around them, yeah. So I- if anything that I have to learn is commercial development. I like that. I like that very mm. much. All righty. All righty. And my last question um, to you before Ven gets on to hers is what is there any other resource that you want to send our listeners to to watch or to read or to is there any go to um, real estate um, resource that you want to share? Yes, there's this other guy, he's a South African, uh, Kurt Kutsier. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. This is why I'm so quiet, because I'm waiting for more. <laughs> yeah, if, if you can Google that guy, there's controversial articles about him when you read on News 24 and what, what. just ignore those. Yeah. Uh, just just read the weapons of that guy and listen to that guy, it's, 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 it's amazing. Webinars, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What what is his name? Kur. 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 How do you spell it? K O O. No, it's it's C. It's a C. Yeah, C O E R T. Okay. I used to work with a Kurt with a K. Okay. Kurt Kutsier. Kutsier spelled. Kutsier is. C O E T Z E E. C O T Z E E. Or you can go to World Masters Club. I just found him. Like, as soon as you said that, like, yeah, mm -mm, I will definitely go check him up. I'll check him out after this. Yeah. And that's it. And that's it. You learn, you learn, you learn. And in, in whatever local markets that people are, you people can learn other things and you'll find that there's there's a there's a good good here in Rwanda or Botswana, wherever you're listening from. All right, Ben, what's your last one? So yeah. um Isaac, 
how do people, why did you say yes to this podcast apart from us asking you to come to the podcast? And also um, what are you hoping to get from the podcast and how do people get hold of you? Yeah, no, I think the reason why I said yes, I thought that some of the information that we're going to be sharing is going to be beneficial to whoever people uh, who are going to be listening into this podcast. Sure. Uh, but don't know what I see. As they benefit from this information, uh, your group could be also be an assistant into our, our vision or us achieving the vision that we have. Uh, in terms of turning over a uh, billion rand within the next, uh, we, we, we came up with a strategy last year, which we said within the next five year period. So now this year, it means we're left with four years. So within four years from now, we are going to be a company that is going to be turning over one billion per annum. And uh, we do believe, based on what we've shared and discussed, that uh, if you apply your mind properly, you could be that kind of a funder that we've been looking for. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, we love that. And how do people get hold of you? Uh, look, uh, I wouldn't like people to get hold of me <laughs> uh, for, for simple reasons. Uh, you know, to a level where I am, you know, success attracts people, if ever can put it in that yeah. way. You find mm. that to so, so, so many calls, they don't end up not being able to do the work of the day simply because of the calls that are flooding you. Mm. But if is there any clarity that people want or whatever, they work through you, uh, then based on that, then we discuss like yeah. this, what is and then you take it back to people. But communicating directly with people, I can imagine maybe we've got 300 members and 50 of them are phoning me. Then <laughs> my day is full. <laughs> so... I don't know. I, I'm not saying I don't want people to get hold of me. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying, whatever... Let's like send them. Let's send them to, to them, Ziwe, to development in, 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 in Secunda. How do they get to buy a house in, in, in the development? In oh, yeah. I think that's yeah. the easiest. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, that one, we, we have a selling agent, which is called WPMG. Yeah. Uh, they have the contact details. If you can check on the clip for the launching that is happening this week. I mean, the details are there. Uh, then you can call that office. It doesn't matter how many times they will assist you regarding our development. Okay, okay. that's fine. Now that we totally fine. understand. We do. We do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Isaac, thank you so much for doing the work that you do. And I think the dignified houses in the lower end of the market is what really got us talking with them and it, it, it is aligned with the, with the values of this podcast, aligned with the values that we started with at the Property Magician Stockfell. So we will be talking to you we, we are hoping for a longer um, partnership actually. So thank you for mm -hmm. doing this on a Sunday evening. Yes, thank you, thank you so much. much Isaac. Have a fantastic day further and thank you so much Property Magicians for joining us. Just a reminder that we are sponsored by the Property Magicians oh, by the Property Magicians Stockfile that Misa and I have founded and that Isaac, that we've invested in Isaac's development, uh, uh, 1.3 million rand already. 
incredible, right? And we are still in the process of raising money. We're always raising money with the property stock file. You've just heard some of our dreams around this and where we're going to make sure that at the end of 2025, we have 250 million rands worth of income generating assets in the property space. So to join the stock file, just go to, um, you can go to iStore, Google Play Store, Play Store, or you can go to Petal Search on Huawei. Search for the Stockfella app. Stockfella is spelled S-T-O-K-F-E-L-L-A. Again, S-T-O-K-F-E-L-L-A. And download the Stockfella app. From the Stockfella app, you can search for Property Magician Stockfile. Now, this is you can do this if you're based in four countries, South Africa, Swaziland, Lesotho, and Namibia. But if you're not based in these four countries, you will have to uh, go to wealthy-money.com forward slash Stockfile. Stockfile is spelled S-T-O-K-V-E-L. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash Stockfile. And you will be given instructions as to how to join the Stockfile if you're not based in any of these four countries, please don't stress like 50% of our mind, uh, of our members are not based in any of the four countries that we mentioned with the Stockvella app and they are happy we're doing, <laughs> we're doing okay. There is another way to join the Stockvella. Just go check out that webpage. Until next time, guys, we will see you in the next episode. Have a fabulous week. Uh, have a fabulous week further. Thank you, Misa. Thank you, uh, Isaac. Thank you. Thank you for listening, Property Magicians. My name is Vangile Makwakwa, and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free, and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income, or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as vangile makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc, Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians Podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at Miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, inbox me at Miranda at wealthy-money.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.